Welcome to Intel's Conversations in the Cloud. I'm your host, Jake Smith. Join me as I speak with guests from across the world about the latest advancements in cloud and edge computing, data center technology, network infrastructure, security, artificial intelligence, and more. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be in the world. My name is Jake Smith, and this is another episode of Conversations in the Cloud. And today, I am fortunate enough to be joined by Partha Sitala, founder and CEO of Robin.io, and Carolyn Chan, Vice President and General Manager of 5G Infrastructure Division at Intel. Welcome. Thank you, Jake. Yeah, thanks for inviting us. Well, you know, Caroline, you and I have gone back many, many years. We've worked together for a long time in this industry. But what Partha and his team are bringing to the market with Robin.io is very unique. Partha, can you give us a little background about yourself, about founding the company, and about the hyper-automation and transformation of 5G? Yeah, definitely. And first of all, thank you, Jake and Caroline. Uh, really looking forward to our session today. Robin.io is a five-and-a-half-year-old company. We are based out of San Jose in Silicon Valley. And the innovations that we have brought to fore here are in the cloud-native space. And the problem we are solving is, as organizations are making the shift towards cloud-native, there are two classes of workloads that are traditionally been left behind. One class of workload is where data is a strategic asset and people are using applications like databases, big data platforms, and so on. Those are traditionally being left outside of the cloud-native deployment. And the second class of workloads is centered around networks where, you know, for example, in 5G networks, things like RAN and Packet Core and so on, right? Many network functions. And Robin has built technology and solutions that enables organizations to accelerate their journey towards cloud-native by bringing every application, stateless as well as data-intensive and network-intensive workloads to be very easily deployed as well as managed easily on a cloud-native platform such as Kubernetes. That's very exciting. And, you know, Partha, one of the things that our listeners want to hear about is how did Robin get started in cloud-native for enterprise use cases? And how does your experience and your team's experience apply to telco and 5G use cases? Yeah, so the vision behind Robin was that, you know, every five to six years, there is a transformation that happens in the industry where everything needs to be simplified, right? I mean, even if you look at the transformation from bare metal deployment to virtualization and from virtualization to the hyper-converged infrastructure and so on, right? Everything is about simplifying the entire stack so that, you know, the management of the entire stack becomes easy. And what we observed at the time of forming the company is, you know, we have moved from bare metal infrastructure to virtualization, but that's also still infrastructure centric, right? And what we wanted to provide is a way in which you simplify the entire stack even further by taking the entire management plane into the application level, right? So essentially manage everything from the perspective of an application. And when we started to do this, we basically were looking at what are the right technologies that we would use to do that, right? And of course, things like containers were happening at that point in time about five, six years ago. And we centered this whole thing around containers. And of course, now we know that the momentum around containers has taken over and Kubernetes has established itself as the de facto container orchestration platform. So that's how we started. And our journey originally from a industry vertical perspective, it started on the enterprise side. And we are deliberate about starting on the enterprise side because that is where most of the new technology adoption was happening. Enterprises were looking at 
how do you use these newer age container technology and container orchestration technologies to deliver cost benefits, productivity gains for developers, and so on, right? And we hardened our product by building a very strong storage-centric, network-centric, orchestration-centric you know, solution set on top of Kubernetes. And the beauty of this is that this has been deployed at large you know, financial services institutes. We have petabyte scales deployments and so on. Now, with that background and with that hardening and the fact that we focus on these two classes, right, the storage intensive and network intensive workloads right from the get-go, that gave us a very nice path into the enterprise 5G as well as the operator-led 5G use cases. Because in the operator-led or the enterprise 5G use cases, people were looking for, again, a Kubernetes-based, a container-based technology to run CNFs. When I say running CNFs, I'm actually talking about even things like RAN, for example, right? Containerized RAN, containerized open RAN, and so on. So our background in enterprises and the fact that we started there and hardened the product there made it easier for us to go and deploy these complex CNFs in the telco setting, in the 5G setting. And in fact, both Intel and Robin do have a common customer where he's actually running in production today. That's outstanding and so exciting because 5G is so important to all of our lives. Caroline, what makes 5G more than just a connectivity platform for the enterprise? I think from the get-go, 5G was designed with the enterprise in mind. And that's very different than all the previous generation of wireless technology, which has always been focusing on connectivity, chasing the Shannon's law. But the 5G entire standardization process really has three targets. One is the consumer-based driving connectivity, getting more bits and bytes per hertz of a spectrum. The other two, one is really connecting the millions and billions of IoT devices and a very cost-effective way to be able to manage some of the sporadic data that comes through. And then the third one, which is really what a lot of the enterprise is looking at, is to make it the ultra-reliable, low latency. People who went through RF engineering truly appreciate the beauty of it because these are orthogonal requirements when you're dealing with air interface. So through this ecosystem's effort, we're able to pull that standards together. So it's like a chicken and egg. Like this 5G... And this whole movement of AI, they really complement each other. Like without these huge pipes, the reliability, the low latency, AI will have not been able to proliferate as fast. At the same time, AI also then becomes the engine to power the 5G network to go into the enterprise, because now you have all these learnings that need to happen and collecting the analytics that need to happen. That really being 5G becomes this both a fabric as well as an enabler for AI to truly take hold anywhere. Now, for Intel's perspective, this is just double bonuses because we always believe that compute must be everywhere. Compute cannot just reside in a cloud. It needs to be in a cloudlet. They're pushing all the way out to the edge. So 5G becomes a transformational force for the enterprise as well as for Intel's business. And the work that Pathos team has been doing to pioneering the containerization in a very real-time manner becomes a very, very key ingredient to make 5G 
into the enterprise, both necessary, essential, and achievable. Wow, that's really great. Let's click into that a little bit, Partha. Why does Kubernetes hold the promise for large-scale enterprise 5G? So this is a great question because, you know, if you look at the evolution itself from 2G to 3G, 4G, and now 5G, around the time where 4G was taking over, right, there was an effort in the industry to, you know, go after virtualization technologies, right? And that, I mean, there are several operators who have leveraged virtualization technologies and seen the benefits of that. Now, when it comes to 5G, there are a couple of factors, right? Number one is the scale at which a 5G network is going to be deployed is orders of magnitude bigger than a 4G network. And the performance needs as well as the low latency requirements are also very, very high, right? Now, what it means is a couple of things. Number one is you have to squeeze out, first of all, the every last ounce of performance from the underlying hardware, which means that you have to go as bare metal as possible, right? Instead of relying on a virtualization layer, you have to go to the bare metal performance. That's one. The second interesting observation that the industry made with 4G and virtualization is that there was no real standard, right? I mean, of course, you could create you know, a hypervisor context and you could create a packaging in the VM for your VNFs. But there was no real standardization around how people would do templating or how they would do auto scaling and things like upgrades and all of those things, right? Now, Kubernetes, on the other hand, started with in a very opinionated manner, right? They took the learnings from, you know, the virtualization world and they basically said, you've got to have an opinionated stack that standardizes on how, you know, applications are deployed, how applications can be scaled based on policies, how you would upgrade them and so on, right? Now, that was a big benefit because with 5G, as I said, it's a large-scale deployment. You're going to have a lot more CNFs. And, of course, with CNFs comes this microservices-based architecture, which actually increases the volume of such deployments. Now, without this proper standardization, it would have become a nightmare to go manage these things, right? Now, that is, I think, one of the great benefits that Kubernetes brings, the whole idea behind standardization. So that's one point. Right? The other interesting point that I would make is, Carolyn has talked about, you know, you have to go beyond the cloud, you have to go after, you know, the far edge and edge and all of those things. Now, when it comes to a large distributed network, you also want to simplify the management, which means that you do not have to rely on experts to go manage your network, go manage your storage, go manage your compute and so on, right? Now, again, Kubernetes helps there because, because of the standardization, you don't really require domain experts to go manage these clusters. Right. You can essentially have your generalist DevOps teams or site reliability engineers who can manage these platforms. And that, I think, is a big benefit for everyone, those operators, because it brings down their operational burden and cost. It's also much better for the network function vendors because now they don't have to write different ways in which they would scale their CNFs when they go from one operator to the other. So I think Kubernetes has really helped bring the industry together around the standardization. You know, we've done so much work in Kubernetes, Caroline. It's really important. But I think for our listeners, they want to kind of dig into what is happening with 5G as the next generation of wireless technology, but really what is Intel's vision for the evolution of enterprise 5G? Number one, we think that the enterprise 5G will significantly increase the market size. In fact, if you just look around to see who actually been stepping up to announce that they are trialing or piloting the private networks in, with 5G. It's not the names that you heard of 
publicly, for example, Siemens has announced, Bosch has announced, John Deere has announced. Like, would you ever think in your lifetime that this is, you know, somebody say the word 5G and a household brand and the farming equipment being announcing this versus, let's say, the AT&T Verizon? So the players are significantly larger. We also see a lot of the government policy that's coming in because people start realizing that enterprise 5G has the ability to truly transform economy in a very large scale side. So you see U.S. government, you see the infrastructure bill containing uh, the funding for this. So the part that Intel wants to play that we always play, which is the ecosystem enablement, has to take on a urgency, also need to take on a broader scale. That's how Partner and I met is because we have provided this openness and all these other enabling technology like FlexThread, FlexCore, and some of the OpenVINO. All of these really are going out there to allowing the industry movers and shakers like Robert and I to be able to shorten significantly, shorten their time to market. Also take some of that pain, like you don't need to, need to, to follow the gen-to-gen Intel silicon improvement because the our and the enabling stack would take care of that. That's a very significant role that Intel has been playing, and we're doubling down on that, given the fact that the players now are much broader and come from different backgrounds. So the role that we play and the key role that folks like Partha play becomes even more pronounced, that we must step up our game enablement for enterprise 5G to really thrive. Well, I agree. And we're committed to not only our enterprises, but we're committed to 5G for sure. And you've been at the forefront as an industry pioneer. So we thank you for that. But, you know, there's something that's very interesting about Robin.io and your automation platform, Partha. How does the hyper automation bring cloud economics to the network edge? And this is a question for both of you, but Partha, if you could weigh in. Yeah, like I mentioned, right, so 5G is a much larger scale deployment than the earlier generation or the prior generations of telco deployments. And now we are also talking about the edge applications that have been deployed over 5G. Now, what happens here is because of the volume of deployment, it's almost impossible if you think about it, right, to manage not just the applications, not just the network services, but also the infrastructure, right? It's very hard to do that manually. The cost is higher, they're prone to more errors and all of those things, right? So without automation, you really cannot think about deploying this and make it manageable. Now, when it comes to automation, there are several aspects to this, right? First is to automate the underlying infrastructure itself, right? So Robin has been working very closely with Intel and a bunch of other ecosystem players around how do you automate the discovery of things like Intel's FPGA, for example, the types of chips and all those things, because the infrastructure automation is required to run things like FlexRAM, right? Then when you go up from infrastructure, you go to the cluster management, right? From a cluster management point of view, how do you automate the deployment of edge clusters? How do you automate the lifecycle management? How do you, for example, grow the cluster size, shrink it when you really don't need it? That's a next level of automation. From there, you go into the network service automation, that which is how do you go and spin up an entirely new cell site in a matter of minutes, not days, right? That becomes very important. And then how do you go and deploy, let's say, an edge application in a matter of seconds through blueprints, through you know, resource discovery, as well as templates and all of those things. Right? So without automation, deployment takes much longer. 
And without automation, the lifecycle management for your infrastructure as well as your network services becomes very complicated. And Robin has been able to solve this very elegantly through our AI-driven, you know, model-driven automation platform that we build on top of Kubernetes. So, Partha, where can our listeners find out more information? So we have a lot of our information posted on our website at robin.io. Listeners can go there and they can get a lot of data from there. You should also follow our social channels, both on Twitter as well as LinkedIn, where we continuously post newer content as well as some of the innovations that we are bringing at a rapid pace to this market. Caroline, as the leader of Intel's 5G initiatives, can you help our listeners find out more information about Intel's efforts in 5G? So yeah, we have webinars and white paper that's generally posted at intel.com. If you search there under Network Builders, under Cloud Native 5G, there's actually quite a bit of paper on Open RAN as well, which is a very key role in helping 5G to be much more consumable through open interfaces and open standard to buy the enterprises. The work that Robert and Intel are doing as it goes into networks around the world as well as going to the private networks. If you through the Robert Nile website and through the Intel website, you should be able to find uh, wealth of information. And we're also always here to answer any questions that your listeners may have. Outstanding. It's been an honor to have you both today. On behalf of Partha Sitala, founder and CEO of Robin.io, and Carolyn Chan, Vice President and General Manager of 5G Infrastructure Division at Intel. My name is Jake Smith. Wherever you may be in the world, we wish you a good morning, good afternoon, and good night.